about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This program is called All In With The Lord. There is a specific reason for that. There's never been a more important time for you to evaluate where you stand with the Lord. If you are a Christian and you are someone who's already invited Jesus to be a part of your life, then this program will help you refresh yourself and help you to get reconnected in a real strong way just in case you need that boost. If you're someone who's never accepted the Lord, this would be a great opportunity to try to figure out what we're talking about and see if it applies to any parts of your life. As we proceed into this year, as we proceed into the fall of this year, you will see a lot of things begin to turn. A lot of things begin to happen. Things that could shake you, things that could cause you to wonder what's going on if you don't know the Lord. And its purpose is exactly for that, to decide if you understand what's going on around you. Uh, shortages, gas, pressures, jobs, life, um, anxiety, fear, concerns, worry, doubt, unbelief, all the wonderful things that are in the arsenal that the enemy loves to use against believers. Uh, it's pretty easy to use it against people who aren't Christians because they don't even see it coming. It's like the best weapon ever for Lucifer because if he can convince somebody who doesn't believe anything not to believe anything and not to put any kind of focus on their, uh, on their vision or goals for their life, well, he's got them right where he wants them because this amazing machinery that we have, this temple, of the Holy Spirit, this God-given equipment that is in each and every human that's alive is so powerful. It is so amazing. It is so uh, incredibly wonderful. And it will and can and can and will produce whatever fruit you feed into it, it will duplicate it. And that's why Lucifer loves when you eat from his fruit, from his tree. His tree is planted in direct opposition to God's word. It is definitely the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Not the good without the evil, the good with the evil. And you don't even see it coming, which is what I said. He loves that when people don't see it coming. And even with Christians who don't see it coming get so caught up in the repeating of a scripture or the re rehearsal of a religious tradition that it has no power in it, no effect. And that's the only problem with religious traditions. If they make the power of no effect, because the power that God has given us is mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds that are working in our lives. So, each and every one of us has in us different thoughts, different attitudes, different things we grew up with, 
things the way we think it is, the way we are going to get where we're going. And we need to surrender all of that, get rid of all that, pull those trees out by the roots. And that's what the Lord does. And allow him to replant the tree of life, the tree of life within you, because that is the tree that God said, eat from this tree, not from that tree. There's only one, only one tree you couldn't eat from. And that's the one, of course, that got us into all this trouble. So, you know, when you think about the human body and you think about what you have right here, it is the most advanced, most sophisticated, and credible computer system, along with biochemistry, quantum physics, and all of the, all of the aspects of what is available in life to use is all incorporated into our bodies. And it's kind of like having the most advanced computer that's ever been built and uh, for those of you who are into computers or gaming, right, you want the latest chips, the latest speeds, the latest everything so that you can have the, the, the best graphics and, and all. But what if you bought the best computer? The, I mean, the one that just got designed yesterday. And maybe it cost you 5000 or 10000 just to buy the computer because it's the first one off the line and it's the best. And then you decided to load into it. Let's see, Windows 3 instead of Windows 11. Or if you have an, uh, a Mac computer, you would load in the, uh, the first edition of Mac when way back when there were little square boxes and you tried to load that in there and it would mess up the whole computer, cause it to slow down and not know what to do because it doesn't have all of the latest data. That's kind of what happened to all of us through eating of the fruit from Adam on. We, we have the system that was created with the most advanced software, the most advanced thinking. And Lucifer was able to feed data into it to reprogram the whole system to think it could only do this much when in fact it could do the whole gamut of anything you ask or need. So now we've got to change and God has planned it. He has a plan. The minute Adam sinned, the minute he ate that fruit, God had a plan to get them back because God's plan was always to bless us, always to bless us. Never, ever, ever was it for us to fall and sin and be sick and broke, busted, sick, disgusted. That is not a God any of us want to serve if that's the case. He, his plan was to get back the blessing as fast as he could. And he chose a method to do that. And that method was grace and mercy. And that grace that comes upon us through Jesus and his mercy gives us the opportunity to reprogram back that original operating system that Adam had. But I'm sorry to say a lot of churches, a lot of Christians don't have a clue what's going on. They just don't understand. But it's all in the Word, the Word of God, the Bible. It's in there. So let's start out by reading Philippians 2, 
verse 5 through 11, and see if we get started here um, reading something that makes sense for how to rethink who we are. Who the heck are you anyway? You know, you are made in the image and likeness of the creator of the universe. And for those people who study the ancient times, the big ancient, um, the, so the, alien, the aliens were here. Well, the main alien that you would call alien, the main creator was here. He created you and this earth. And we walk around in this, this stupidity of thinking that it, it just evolved. You were created by a creator and you are accountable to him one way or the other. You're either accountable through judgment or through grace and mercy. Personally, I really like the grace and mercy part. And we'll talk about that as we go along. So Philippians 2, let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example for humanity. That's the sample son, Jesus, who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which makes God God, do not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all the privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant or a slave in that he became like men and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, because he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee must bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue frankly and openly confess and acknowledge that Jesus the Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, there's a lot in there. Now let's just start out by saying number one, here you have God, the main creator of all, the dominant creator, the people call him an alien, the ancient aliens were here. God created it all. There is a supreme being. He created it all. And Jesus was the face and is the face of this supreme being. So you have the Father and the Son and now the Holy Spirit. And Jesus being the face, he was the king of he was the king of kings, he still is the king of kings. But he laid down all of his divinity. And I don't know about you, but there is only one way to get into this earth and you must be born in through a mother's womb. 
a woman's womb, okay? And he humbled himself and surrendered his spirit into that womb of Mary, and she produced a child. And his name was Jesus. And God arranged in all the stories around it. You can go read the Bible. If you haven't read it, you should <clears throat> more than once and find out all that goes around it. But Jesus laid down the power over all, became a child, a born in this earth, raised up, and then through humility served human, humankind. Why did he do that? Why did God choose that method? He chose it because he loves his creation so much, and he wants, he wanted the blessing back to us. He was willing to bring the blessing back to us the minute Adam lost it. That's how much he loves us. This is a big deal. This is a really big deal. And God laid down his divinity to come to earth through Jesus and work, live as a servant and teach us how to live and then actually go to the cross suffer and die, descend into hell, pay the price and under torture for all sin until the Father himself said, enough. And Jesus, the sample son, raises from the dead, turns to mankind and said, here's the keys, now go take, take it back. Take everything back because I paid the price. You're under grace, you're under mercy, and here's the keys to the kingdom, go rip the gates of hell will not prevail against you. I ripped them off. So go get your stuff that's stolen. Because Lucifer has stolen from all of us the consciousness of knowing that all belongs to us. All. Anything. Everything. Health. Wealth. Eternal life. And Satan, Lucifer, tried to convince the human race that they get God's mad at them, God hates them, God doesn't love them, God wants them to suffer, and somehow sickness is good for them, suffering is good because you're gonna learn something. Let me tell you something, you will learn something. But right now, the only thing that brings the sickness, disease, or lack is the inability to return to the blessing state. And we have to surrender Get out of the way, and God will bless you. He will get that blessing on you because that is his plan and his purpose. So the great alien, the great creator, the great supreme being has provided a way. You cannot say it's not. There is a way for each human being to live in joy and peace and have plenty. However, I know, I know, a lot of people aren't living that way. And that's the purpose of a program like this, to talk about how to live and get back to that place where you can be blessed. And I hopefully it's not too late. Hopefully you're not too far gone in your life or your sickness or your lack or, your, or whatever, the stress that you're under. God has highly exalted the name of Jesus. The reason he has done that, and he's made you a joint heir. You have power of attorney to use that name of Jesus, which it says here, 
that at that name every knee must bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. So every door will come open to you when you start to build the confidence in the fact that you can use his name. You have been given power of eternity, of attorney, and you have been given um, the, the ability to use his name, but you don't necessarily have, you have to develop the confidence of knowing who you are in him, in Christ. Now, how do you develop that confidence? First of all, you've got to get over the fact that you're just an old sinner saved by grace. Oh my gosh, you are not just an old sinner. You might have been a sinner, but the moment you accepted Jesus and the grace came on you, that sinner has been eliminated. It's eliminated. God does not see you anymore as a sinner. He sees you as the righteousness of Christ, Christ in you. Grace and mercy has eliminated all of the penalty, all past, present, and anything future that you fall into has already been eliminated, and your right standing with God has been restored, regardless of what you have done yesterday, today, or what you will do tomorrow. And I know immediately people start to talk about, hey, you're giving people a license to just get away with anything. They don't need a license for that. They're getting away with everything. Mercy and grace shows you the love of God and how much He, the Creator, loves you. And when you grasp it, if you truly grasp mercy and love, you will not want to do anything wrong. God within you is recreating you so you don't want to break the law. That's the difference. You don't have to look at the law and say, I can't break that law. The Holy Spirit in you is changing your heart. So you'll come to a place one day where you won't want to, and you won't even know how you got there. But the grace, the more you understand the grace and the mercy, the more you will not want to fall and sin. You'll keep walking towards the light, which is Jesus, and use his name because the power of his name will get you anything you want. The power of God within us. It is time for the body of Christ, the church, the remnant. It is our time. This is the hour. Jesus said, my hour had not come. He waited for his hour to come. If you're a believer that has been waking up with the word, your hour has come right now. We are in, a, I'm telling you, we're in a moment where we have the opportunity to watch as God begins to release the blessings to all those who will receive it by grace. Now, you can't earn it. So if you think you're doing this on your own and you're earning the right because now you're living a righteous life, you can't earn it. You can't live a righteous life. You're going to sin. I'm telling you. And the Bible says, when you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. His name is Jesus. And all you have to do is confess your sin. Acknowledge it as sin. You say, man, I, I, I want to stop drinking, but I can't. And you find yourself drinking more, especially after you learn the Word of God. But if you continue to confess it as sin, even if you did it, and even when you do it, there will come a time where the Holy Spirit will make you strong enough to walk away. He'll do it. You can't do it. 
these people who say, well, you have to earn your way, you have to build yourself up, you have to somehow become more like God. Yeah, you do, but you can't do it on your own. Do you ever try to do everything on your own? I was one of those guys where I thought I had to be the one doing everything. The build this, build that. You know, I don't need help, I'll build it. And then you find yourself being the only one because you set it up that way and you're so tired and exhausted because all you're doing is working, 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 day and night, day and night, day and night. And then you recognize at one point that you don't want to work day and night and you don't want to be the only one. You, I would so much rather have the Lord do the work through the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what he does. And that's exactly how he made Adam to receive the blessings that you don't have to do the work to be wealthy. He'll bring it to you. Oh yeah, it's not like Aladdin's lamp, but it is certainly a world that he created with quantum laws that when you submit to his word and you use his word and the angels oversee his word and the angels bring it to pass, you sit there and you go, how did that happen? How did that happen? I didn't see that coming. A lot of people feel that way in a negative sense. They say, oh, I hear people say it all the time, you know, where it comes in threes or something. And if something happens, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. That's the negative. That's the, that's the curse side. The blessing side is, man, I was blessed this morning. I'm waiting for the other two this afternoon. Everywhere I go, I'm blessed. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. <clears throat> is that so hard to comprehend? Probably. But that is the blessing of God. God did not want you to suffer. He doesn't want you to be broke, busted, sick, or disgusted. He provided his word. He sent his, himself as Jesus into the earth and as a sample of how to live and forgive and, and, and did what to do. And then in return, the blessing would come on us. The blessing would come on us. Do you want the blessing? Do you want the blessing? And if you are not receiving blessings every day, it is not God's fault. It is your attitude. It is your habits. It is you still feeding from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Stop listening to that tree. Stop listening to the tree that took you down and start getting the tree of life. The, the, you're a tree planted by the rivers of living water. And when you drink God's word, you're drinking living water. It continues to cause you to rejuvenate and, re, and, replay, and, and just totally become brand new. Rejuvenating, rejuvenating. You can get younger inside. And that's what you have to come as a child, right? Coming like a child, like faith. So you make yourself younger <coughs> inside so that it can turn around and make you younger outside. That's the blessing. That is the blessing. So Proverbs 4.18 through 20. And by the way, I'm using everything today from the Amplified Classic Bible. It makes it a little down to earth and more easily understood. It says, but the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like the light of dawn that shines more and more brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day to be prepared. The way of the wicked is like deep waters 
they do not know over what they stumble. My son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Okay, now, the path of the just and righteous is like a light dawning. So when you take God's word and you put it in, the light comes on. It's dawning. You, you ever have that, that moment where it just dawns on you? You go, huh, wow, I didn't see that before. So taking his word is like the light of dawn that shines more and more brighter and clearer every day until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day to be prepared. So the minute you start with God's Word and bringing it in, it begins to open your eyes. It begins to turn on the light, turn on the dawn. The way of the wicked is a deep darkness. They do not know even what they're stumbling over. And, and so what's happening right now in the world, the people in darkness who want to run this thing are running it right into the dark, right into the ground. They don't have a clue. They don't have a clue what they're doing. If they did, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. But they're just stumbling around. The wicked is like a deep darkness. That's what they're in. They're in deep darkness. And that darkness is becoming pretty obvious pretty quickly. It's amazing how things can happen so fast when people in control are living in darkness. They do not know even what they're stumbling over, because they think, oh, no, no it's, it's, it's okay, it, everything's fine, everything's fine. And all the, all the while, you look around, you go, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? But they don't know. They're in darkness. So we need to attend to the words of the Lord, consent to them, let the dawn come, and submit to God's words. Submit to them. That means surrender to them. Let his word have final authority in your life. His word must be final authority. And that's, that's the fact. We've got to let his word become final authority. Proverbs 4.22 For they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all, that you guard, for out of it flows and springs the issues of life. Put away from you false and dishonest speech, and willful and contrary talk put far from you. Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose, and let your gaze be straight before you. Consider well the path of your feet. And let all your ways be established and ordered aright. Turn not aside to the right hand nor the left. Remove your foot from evil. Now, the only way to remove your foot from evil is to take God's word, believe God's word, submit to God's word, and allow God's word to be final authority in your life, and he will deliver you. He will set you free. God Almighty, the creator of the universe living inside of you, is bringing the blessing back to you. Will you receive his blessing? Will you say, Father, I submit to you that the blessing is on me. 
I submit to you that your word has final authority. I willingly bow my knee. I willingly submit to the Father of the universe who loves me so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross for me and my family and all that I love. Isn't it great? Isn't it wonderful what God has done? Let's learn more about how to use it. I'll be right back after these messages. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And we're back, and we're talking about how to recognize and utilize the power of the Almighty God. Man, I'll tell you, we were created, and every one of us just created magnificently. Today, they're trying to build robots that do what men and women can do. They look pretty decent on the outside, but they're just nuts and bolts and technology on the inside. Technology that allows for what we call today AI artificial intelligence. I guess the question is, why do you want artificial intelligence when you have the real mind of Christ, the real intelligence? You have been granted that through Christ Jesus. You, you, you've been given it as a free gift. I get it. You know, we want, everybody wants robots to do the work for them and, uh, and maybe some other things as well because they think they can satisfy them in a, in a different way just by having a robot but that's not the case. It never will be. It's all a fictitious duplication of the true nature of God, which is in each one of us. Today, uh, there are many, many people living in darkness trying to lead this world, trying to lead it in a way that they don't even know if a man's a man and a woman's a woman. They don't know. They're not sure. They just can't figure it out. And yet we let the whole world follow that kind of thinking. Man, I'll tell you, it wasn't too long ago when, when people would just uh, understand that uh, simple things like right, right, right's right, wrong's wrong, and this is a man, this is a woman. Um, we, we understand people are attracted to different people. That's different than telling somebody that they're not even who they think they are uh, because of what, what they have. I mean... If you check out your own equipment, you'll find out who you are real quick. You know, you've been given equipment. God's gave it to you. You're born one way or the other, period, the end. But they're trying to mess up kids. Everybody's trying to do something. So the people in darkness, and they're in darkness. They're stumbling around. They don't know what to change next. They don't know what to mess up next. And they're literally listening to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is ruled by the snake, the serpent, uh, Lucifer. So what are you going to do? You know, do you get mad at those people? And, and No, you pray for them and you forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And that is the example we got from Jesus on the cross. He, 
he was on that cross suffering. I mean, he had to be in a, I, I can't even imagine what we can't imagine what pain suffering was like. And to have the courage that night before he was sweating blood because he knew what was coming. But to have the little courage, the literal courage to to tell himself, I'm going to go through with this because my father and I, we love all these people so much, they don't even know what they're doing. <clears throat> but because we love them, because, <clears throat> excuse me, because we love them, meaning the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, loving us so much that because of that love, I am willing to go through the torture and be tortured for for three nights, three, two nights, three days, or whatever it was, and and rise from the dead. But I had to had to go through it first, beating the system, beating Lucifer, and and he went through it so that he could turn to each one of us and say, "You don't have to. I just paid a price for your for your sin, any sin. This was done before you were even born. So don't don't give me the future sins aren't forgiven. Your any sin you'll ever commit." is already forgiven. The question is, will you receive the grace and mercy that acknowledges it's forgiven? <clears throat> and that's something you have to do. Anyway, we have to live in that under that grace. Grace and mercy. Mercy and grace. You, you got three choices. You got judgment, and you got mercy and grace. God's mer- full of mercy. He doesn't want to judge you. Believe me, you don't want God's judgment. If God had to judge you for your sins, then you must go through the same torture that Jesus did, and it still wouldn't be enough because you're an imperfect being. So there wouldn't be enough. Whatever torture you would go through would still not be enough. But the mercy of God forgives you from having to go through that. Can we just acknowledge that that we are somehow forgiven? We are loved so much by the Lord that His mercy is how he wants to judge us, how he chooses to judge us, his mercy. <clears throat> his mercy endures forever, and his grace. So grace is uh, just totally forgiving, wiping out all the things you've ever done wrong. And all you have to do is acknowledge the sin, judge yourself, and thank them. Accept them. Accept the mercy. And yet there's so many people who refuse to do that. Here in Mark eleven twenty two, um, Jesus replying said to them, have faith in God constantly. How do we get through life? Have faith in God. What am I going to do about the high gas prices? Have faith in God. What am I going to do about shortages on the shelves? Have faith in God. What am I going to do about not being able to pay the bills or my job? Or should I worry about this? Should I worry? Have faith in God. Do you believe God loves you? He came to set you free. He, in this hour, he is going to manifest himself like never before. For those who really are shaking in their boots because they don't know how they're going to survive financially or any other way, the Lord does have a plan, and He will show up, and all you've got to do is trust Him. And that's what we learn to do. We're learning to trust Him every day. Ephesians 1, verse 7, In Him we have redemption, deliverance, and salvation. Through His blood, the remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings, and trespasses in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor. Gracious favor. <clears throat> Man, that's amazing. God gives us gracious favor, and his redemption is more than enough. He paid the price for everything you're going to ever do. And if you think for one second 
that you are going to somehow wake up today or tomorrow and earn it by doing good works. That is not how it works. Now, you should do good works because you love him, but not to earn mercy and forgiveness. That is a free gift. That is free for everyone, anyone. Any, the worst sinner on this planet has available to them the free gift of mercy if they will accept Jesus into their life, if they will accept what he did. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you're about to do. You will be forgiven if you accept Jesus and get under the grace and mercy. But if you think you, you're going to have to earn it, you never will. And you will come under judgment. And Jesus is coming back, and he will be judging. And for those that are under mercy... The judgment's already happened. For those who aren't under the mercy, you will be judged, and you do not want to be judged by God. There is a God. There is a creator. You, you, you know, it just amazes me the people. Just the human body alone is enough for you to, should be enough for everyone to wake up and say, how did this thing get built? How is it that we all have these bodies? How is it that they can produce a child inside of a woman? How, how is it that you are your body is like a 3D printer and actually can reproduce itself and and probably reproduce any organ that we need if we were smart enough to use our faith to believe that? How is that? God created it. That's how it is. We're made in His image and likeness. We're made in the image and likeness of Almighty God, the Creator, the Supreme Being. You are Him. You are like him. You're little G, not big G. He's big G. But we're the little little G that is, is just like him, and he wants us to walk in divine favor. He wants us to walk as if there were never a sin. He looks at us. When God looks at you, if you've accepted Jesus into your life, he looks at you righteous, blameless, blameless. You are blameless. He can find no fault in you. I know that's hard to understand. But he has to see you that way in order to bless you. He can't bless us if he finds fault, because then he has to judge it. The judgment is gone under the blood. <clears throat> there is no judgment for those that are under the blood. Get under the blood. Get under the blood. Get under the blood of Jesus and do it today. Don't mess with this. This is too important. God wants to bless you, and he's waiting for you to get out of the way. Will you get out of his way so he can get the blessing to you? It's coming, guys. This, these next few months are going to be really an amazing demonstration of God's power. And I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. I pray that everyone listening is ready and getting ready right now by surrendering, submitting, praying in the Spirit, <clears throat> praying, committing to God. You know, just do it. Submit to the Lord. <clears throat> In Romans 3.24, all are justified and made upright in right standing with God, freely and gratuitously by His grace, His unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. It's unmerited. You can't earn it. When do we get this straight? You can't earn it. You know, <clears throat> I know a lot of people work really hard and trying to make a living. And they work every day, night and day, sometimes seven days a week. All They can't shut off even when they shut off, especially if you're in your own business, because today you don't know what's going on. The prices are going up. You don't know what the next pandemic's going to be. You don't know if you're going to get shut down. You have no clue. And I can see where a lot of people will get stressed out. However, 
if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not in our own understanding, he will create an atmosphere by which you will prosper no matter what. Yeah, you heard me, no matter what. You need, if gas price goes up, you'll have more money to buy it. If food prices go up, you'll have more money to buy it. If there's not enough food or the shortages come about, he will supply somehow through someone, supply you and your family with all that you need when you trust in him. Not when you trust in the world. You've got to shut the world off. The world is eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and you've got to stop eating from that tree. And you've got to get the Word of God in. This is a, this is a moment. You still have a moment here to really dig into the Word and make the Word first place in your life so that when these things happen, and they will, the church, the body of Christ, will not feel it. You'll be the one supplying others instead of the one trying to figure out how to get supplied. <clears throat> so, all are justified and made upright and right standing with God freely by His grace. His unmerited favor, though through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. Now here in Colossians 1, and 23, Yet now He has reconciled you to Himself through the death of Christ in His physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless <clears throat> as you stand before him without a single fault. There it is, Colossians 1, and 23, and this is the New Living Translation. Let me read it again. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself. He did it. You didn't do it. He did it. Through the death of Christ, the Anointed One, and his anointing, in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. He brought us. He called us into his presence. And you are holy. He calls you holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Now, how can you, Art, tell me that I can stand before God without a single fault? You, on your own, can't. But you, in Christ, are. If you're in Christ, there is no fault in you. God fixed it. You have to change your consciousness to understand that he no longer sees you as a sinner. It is gone. But what if I still sin? You will. But that man isn't counted anymore. It's not counted. It's only accounted to you through grace, through mercy. So all the good that you do adds up and counts, but the bad that you did or still miss a, miss a beat or do wrong won't be counted because you're under mercy. This is the will of God. Will you receive it? Stop debating it. Stop fighting it. Stop listening to people who want to put you under the judgment and tell you you're not worthy. Come on. God made you worthy. Jesus was the only worthy one. And God made you worthy through him. God made you worthy through him. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world. And this is Paul talking. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. So Paul's writing these letters and saying, listen, don't listen to people. Don't let them push you away. Stay firm in knowing who you are that you are set free, fault-free, fault-free. 
in God's eyes, under the mercy, because of the blood, because of what Jesus did. Now, we're about to see some real miracle-ish things happening. We're about to see the Lord wants to bring in great amounts of wealth to his to the believers. I believe that there's a great wealth transfer that's going to take place, and I don't believe any of us have a clue how. You can't figure it out. You can't. You just can't. And you shouldn't, because God has a plan. He'll show you. But I'm going to read to you from Genesis 26, uh, verse 12 and 13. It says, uh, Then Isaac sowed seed in that land, and received in the same year a hundred times as much as he planted. And the Lord favored him with blessings. And the man became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished. Are you planting seed? Are you planting seed? We're in a year of acceleration. If you plant seed this year, if you plant seed right now, it's as if Isaac, it's the year of acceleration. He received in the same year a hundred times more. Can you imagine? Okay, you say, well, okay, a hundred times. So if I give a hundred dollars, I get a hundred thousand or a hundred, get a, how much do I get? A <coughs> hundred more, hundred times more this year? What if you, what, when you see that, if you absolutely knew that, how much would you do to give to sow? And you sow that seed into fertile ground. And that's what the Lord is telling us that this, within the year, none of this going to take years. It's going to take, you know, I never see it coming back. It's now. I'm telling you the year of acceleration, we're in it. All you have to do is sow seed. I don't care if it's $10, $25, or time, energy. Every, all your time converts to cash because you get paid by the hour if you work for someone. Convert your time to cash and say, I'm going to donate 10 hours, and I'm going to sow that as a seed. And what does that come out to in money? I keep logs of all that stuff. I keep logs of what I sow so that I know I have given. And the Bible says that I have given and it is given unto me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and flowing over a hundredfold return this year, this year, this year, right now, right now, right now. That's what we have to continue to emphasize. We are in a moment where God is accelerating all of the sowing. Do you want to be in there? Then sow. So Isaac sowed in the land and received um, the same year, a hundred times more, and then he went on to become extremely wealthy. I truly believe that's what's about to happen to the body of Christ that are truly rooted and living in the Word of God. So get in there. Get into the Word quickly, and God will bless you. Mark eleven twenty four. For this reason I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe. Trust and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. You will get it. You'll get it. Let me read it again. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe it. Trust and be confident. I, I think the biggest thing that I find um, in the church is the lack of confidence of knowing that God is really going to do something today. I think we have been lulled to sleep. I think we have been uh, allowed to see so many negative things throughout life that which comes to the point where you go, oh yeah, I know there's a God. I, I know Jesus is Lord and, and I'm going to go to heaven. I got that. But man, my life is really not demonstrating that power. I believe that 
is what's been happening to all of us, the confidence that it'll happen. So the mercy, we have to build our confidence in the fact that Jesus is alive in us. He's in each one of us. If you accepted Jesus for what he did on the cross, then you also accepted the Father because the Father was in him and he is the face of the Father. Then along with that comes the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, now you have the Trinity alive and functioning inside of you. So your faith and belief, your confidence, should be not in yourself, because you already know that you can't do, do it. You already know that. If you're honest with yourself, you know you can't really do anything. Your confidence is in Jesus the Christ alive in you. If he's alive in you, now don't, don't suffocate him. Don't make it like, yeah, I accepted the Lord, but I don't really communicate with him. I don't really talk to him. Jesus is in you. He wants to talk to you every day. God the Father wants to talk to you through the Holy Spirit every single moment, every single day. And when you hear from him, he can advise you on where to go, when to go, and keep you safe in many situations. But people have to listen. We have to submit to the fact that it's Jesus alive in us we're listening to. Are you listening to Jesus the Christ? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit? Do you pray in the Spirit? Do you pray at all? <clears throat> do you have any sort of confidence when you pray? Or do you just go through the motions? You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Or are you praying with confidence knowing that every word God is hearing, and because of out of your mouth is coming the words, those words will never return void because you've repeated God's words, and you're made in his image and likeness, and this planet is designed to respond to every word that's spoken with confidence. See, that's another thing. I, you know, I hear people when they pray, and some people are tired, and I get it, they're beat up, and maybe they're very sick, and they go, Lord, I, I don't know if, what's going to happen here, but I, I just, well, I don't know. You know, I know you, I know sometimes you just let things happen to people. No, he doesn't. God came to get you free. You're letting it happen. It's your attitude. I'm going to go back and read that first scripture to you about your attitude. You know, where it says we have to let the attitude of Jesus be alive in us. It says it right here in Philippians 2, 5. Let the same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Are you letting the attitude of Jesus in? Are you insisting on your own attitude that was developed by the world, beat up by the world, and causing you to think, I don't know, God God loves people, but maybe not in my case. I, I feel sad for people who are thinking that God doesn't want to heal them, and they're maybe in a, in a, in a hospital or somewhere that they just feel like, well, nobody loves me. God loves them. He loves them. He wants them healed, but their attitude has to change in order for the, the word to go to work. We're not waiting for God to do something. God has already done it. He's given you the tools. He's given me the tools. We have to believe it. This thing called believing is the hardest thing, for I think, for people to grasp. How do I believe? You have to know. You have to have confidence. And you have to know that you know that you know that Jesus is in you and he's doing the work. Not you. Not you, because you would know that you can't do it. You should know you can't. But him in you, Jesus in you, the hope 
of glory and glory in you is doing the work. Let him do the work. He's doing the work. Praise him. Thank him. Thank him for doing the work. Thank him for being there. Thank him for going to the cross. Thank him that he went to the cross so that every sickness in your body could be brought under his blood, that he paid the price for your sickness. So if you're carrying a sickness still, you're carrying it illegitimately according to God because Jesus paid the price. However, your body has to be taught, your mind has to be taught not to conform to what this thinking is, but to be transformed. We're not denying the existence of sickness. We're denying its right to exist. It doesn't have a right to continue existing in you. I don't care what it is. I don't care who you are. You could be tired and you could give it up and God will still love you. But the sickness doesn't have a right to exist. It may be there and it's real. I get that. But it doesn't have the legal right to be there. So we have to speak to that, take God's word, submit and have confidence in Christ. Our confidence is that he is inside of us. He is inside of us. Jesus the Christ is inside of us, and he loves us so much. And because of that, he will deliver you if you put your trust and confidence in him. He'll find no fault in you. It's not because you're a sinner that you're sick. It's because your mind hasn't been renewed with the word of God. And we need to renew your mind because the body, believe it or not, the body, this wonderful, magnificent thing, has within it the ability to reproduce and recreate any part that you need, your immune system, all of it. You don't have to walk around afraid. You don't have to wear triple masks. You need to turn to the Lord. You need to take his word and let it be first place, not last place. Let it be first place and final authority in your life. That's what we have to do. Make God's word final authority. Make a quality decision that you're unwilling to back up from and use his word. Stand on his word. Stand on the word and don't back up. Praise the Lord. Trust the Lord. Build your confidence. God loves you so much that he sent his only son and he was with him inside him into this earth to suffer and die so you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. So as we move into the fall, get ready. God's with you. Great things are about to happen. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.